This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Champion Forum Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hancher, and I am on a mission to help others lead, inspire, and win. Uh, you can probably even tell by the opening monologue, the spring allergies have gotten the best of me. But nonetheless, the show must go on. So I'm going to give you my best Kermit the Frog, I guess, voice today in today's episode. But I have a subject that I've uh, I've kind of had in my back pocket for a little while that I wanted to address. Uh, you know, it's amazing, uh, the ability to go out and be in front of leaders literally every day of my life and see the different things that transpire, see the different things sometimes that kind of get our wheels in the mud and get us down, bogged down so that we're not effective. And one of these things is managing or navigating the disengaged employee. So today we're going to be discussing this crucial topic for you all, the leaders, Managing a disengaged employee. Have you ever led a disengaged employee? If you have, uh, we can all agree it is a ton of fun. It is good times, right? Here's the thing with this disengaged employee. We really don't know where what angle this is coming from. Uh, we don't know what's causing the disengagement. We're going to unpack a little bit of this in today's show. But here's what I think we can all agree on, is that disengagement, it's going to be detrimental to team morale and productivity. But with the right approach, I'm very confident to tell you that you as the leader can help re-engage your team. There's a right way to go about re-engagement to a disengaged person. So today we're going to explore a few strategies for managing this disengaged employee and turning the situation around. All right, first things first, let's understand the signs of disengagement. It could manifest in uh, lack of enthusiasm. Uh, It could be decreased productivity, you know, kind of the fall from grace situation where somebody's getting great results and then all of a sudden they're not. It could uh, bubble up and miss deadlines. It could come by a certain employee, certain team member withdrawing from team activities. They were once the life of the party and now They've kind of went back into the shadows as a recluse. But when you identify a disengaged employee, it's important not to jump to conclusions and start assigning blame. Instead, approach the situation with a level of empathy and seek to understand the underlying causes. So many times we can jump to a conclusions and we, we see this employee disengaging and we go right into attack mode. What, you know, what's your problem? Why are you acting like this? so on and so forth. The first thing that we want to do is we want to have a a level of open communication. By the way, this is a great idea no matter what. You know, it all gets back to communication, doesn't it? Because when you have good communication, the dialogue when negative things happen, it's so much healthier, isn't it? So here's what you do. You start by initiating a discussion with them. It's very open. It's a very honest conversation with this person. Make sure that we're creating a safe space so that they can openly voice or express what's going on in their world. They can let you know what maybe they have concerns. Maybe they're frustrated about something 
or, or any issue that could be bubbling up with them. It might not even be work-related. It could be work-related. It could be you. You might be the problem. But active listening is key here. What we want to do in this communication is ask very open-ended questions because open-ended questions are usually the thing that will, uh, I would say, reduce the likelihood of somebody going into a defensive posture. So when you're going into this conversation, be very strategic about it. Write down the questions that you think are going to drive the best outcomes. You want to show high empathy in this discussion. You want to validate what they might be feeling. It doesn't mean that they're right, but they're being heard and we're showing a level of empathy. Understanding their perspective in this moment, it's absolutely critical to finding a level of resolution. The other thing that we want to do is identify what's the root cause of this? You know, where, where's the root of this? Where did this begin? Where's the origin of this? And we do this by exploring underlying factors that might be contributing to this disengagement. It could be work-related. It could be personal challenges. It could be a lack of alignment with their role. Maybe they're getting bored or burnt out. Maybe they're feeling undervalued. Maybe the fall from grace is actually your uh, opportunity as a leader. Maybe you hit the cruise control button on this employee and uh, you just kind of have started taking them for granted for all the amazing things they do, and maybe they're feeling undervalued. Nonetheless, by uncovering root causes, you can address them effectively and tailor your approach accordingly. The next thing that we want to do once we start to uncover what is going on, we're starting to get some level of reason behind this uh, posture that they're having. We want to start then going into this approach of giving feedback, but more importantly, a supportive function. We want to clearly communicate what we observed regarding their disengagement and offer a level of constructive feedback. Disengagement is not a good thing. Like, we can all agree on that. And so as leaders, it is something that you don't want to look past. Please don't be the leader that just lets this ride that just thinks this is going to work itself out. Sometimes it does, but in my experience, it, it rarely does. We want to get ahead of this as soon as possible. And this isn't, and I'll tell you the biggest reasons why a lot of leaders avoid this conversation of disengagement is because they don't want to come off as being insensitive or insecure. Like, hey, listen, I think you're disengaged. Oh, come on, you're reading into things. There's no problem here. It really doesn't matter how they respond, but we have to address this as leaders. Focus, when you're having this feedback session and now you're giving this constructive feedback, what, what I recommend that you do is that you focus on very specific behaviors and the outcomes of those behaviors rather than making this personal. It's rarely personal in leadership, and I mean rarely personal. Like if they show up at your house and, and threaten you physically, then it's gotten personal. But it's rarely uh, personal. So don't make it personal. Just focus on the behavior and focus on the desired outcome. When, when you co collaborate with this employee and you identify areas for improvement and, and then you set realistic goals, offer them support. Get, it could be resources, it could be training, it could be mentoring, but whatever that is, what your messaging there is, I'm here to help you overcome the challenges and regain your motivation. That should be the heart of every leader, is that I'm going to find out where the gap is, 
and I'm going to create the things that I think might fill that gap to get them back to where I know that they're capable of being. And whether it's defining a a clear uh, path for their career or their personal or professional goals, whatever that looks like, maybe maybe it's a promotion that they're looking for. Maybe you need to, maybe they're looking for you to afford them the opportunity to continue developing skills in their current role. For everybody, it's not promotion, but maybe it is. Uh, maybe they just want to get better. But here's what here's the deal with this. No matter what that looks like, these benefit both them, but it also benefits the entire organization. Because this is this individual development plan that I talk so much about, where we are now making a deposit. What a great way to re-engage a disengaged employee as well. This might include training. It could be assigning them a mentor. Um, but at minimum, what it should be is a is very frequent and robust one-on-one discussions with you, the leader. As the leader, you should be the key component component to their future development. That should be a position that we seek as leaders is that we have something to give other people to get them to a place that they've never been before. This is that feedback and support session uh, that phase of this process of re-engaging the disengaged employee. But the next thing that you want to do is set very clear expectations. You also want to give them a level of autonomy. What we, what we can never tolerate is when a disengaged employee becomes toxic, you know, lashing out in a meeting, uh, saying things in a meeting like, boss, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, you know, whatever it might be. You can't let disengagement get toxic. But what we do want to do is set these expectations, make them crystal clear, and then give them a level of autonomy. How do we do that? Well, we define clear expectations. We define responsibilities. And we define performance goals. Always remember in leadership, clarity is kind. People need to know what you expect, and people need to know what the path forward looks like. Accountability is a beautiful thing. And by and large, poll after poll, statistic after statistic, your employees, your team is telling you, even if they haven't told you this personally, all these polls are telling us that people crave accountability and direction. We want to allow them, once they know this clarity, we want to allow them to have a level of autonomy in how they achieve these goals. Meaning, you're not just going to say, do this, do this, do this. We want, to, we want to allow them and provide them a sense of ownership and trust because this can reignite their enthusiasm and motivation. If this is a collaboration between you and them, the likelihood of improvement happening is much greater than you saying, now do this, now do this, now do this. Now they're being told what to do. And last I checked, it's not very often that people like to be told what to do. So although you're going to set these clear expectations, you want to provide a level of autonomy so that they're engaged in the process. This also means that employees need to know that they're being heard because this is us. We're, we're a partnership. We're locking arms. We're doing this together. So they, they need to know that, that you're listening. You're hearing them. But here's something crazy to think about. Just 30% of American employees believe that their opinion matters. This is according to a recent Gallup poll. Think about this. 30% 
of your team, and of course not your team, because if you're listening to this show, you are an elite leader, but just 30% of American employees believe their opinion even matters. Man, we, ha- we have some work to do here, right? We want, ma- we want to make sure this doesn't mean that the tail wags the dog. Let's be very clear. This doesn't mean that every time your employee says something that we jump, that we do it, that, you know, we're listening to them. But we want to make sure that they're being heard. We can create an environment where employees feel like they're being heard. And by the way, when they are being heard, they may actually provide something for the team that can take the team to a place it's never been before. So instead of having a top-down system of implementing change, Create a culture that promotes open dialogue. Here's a great way that I have found to do this. And uh, I remember doing this even throughout my tenure in corporate America, is having these brainstorming sessions and provide employees with other opportunities to share ideas. Whether it's a brainstorming session, maybe you create a committee. You probably have one, maybe even at your own place. We call call it a safety committee, a safety and improvement committee, Uh, Whatever these might be, maybe it's a committee to um, create SWOT analysis for the competition. Like these things can go on and on and on, but have these brainstorming sessions. And when you create these sessions, you're creating this environment that people know that when they walk into this room, the whole point of these sessions is to throw out ideas, throw throw out new ways of thinking, Uh, you know, think differently, be creative. Uh, We have our innovative cap on, right? And I will tell you, this is a great deposit that you can make for your team. If you're not doing these already, I highly recommend that you implement them. Now, you're going to have to moderate. You're going to have to create boundaries around these because, you know, if there's not boundaries and a level of accountability, they can get a little reckless at times. But I will tell you, don't take the bait that, hey, if I put everybody into a room, it's just going to be you know, a, a, a shootout like the wild, wild west. No, create structure around it. And I, I promise you, this will be one of the greatest deposits that you can do. And if you don't use their recommendations, give them a great reason why. When they have a reason why, now look, some people are going to throw a temper tantrum. They never do anything I say. I keep giving them ideas and nothing ever happens. Again, you can't, you can't control how people respond, but you can always control how you deliver. It's kind to give people feedback. Tell them, like, this isn't the timing. I don't feel like that's the best approach, whatever it might be. But if you're not going to use their recommendations, make sure that there's a level of dialogue around this. Why? Well, back to my earlier point, because people want to know that they're being heard. Employee engagement is directly correlated with how useful and connected they feel. This is huge. It's important that they have the ability to provide feedback that can make true difference in your organization, in your industry, in your marketplace. Teams that operate under this spirit of collaboration are always more engaged. And believe me, I get the vantage point of being in multiple industries and multiple companies. When there's this collaborative approach to success, it creates the highest level of employee engagement. I see it time and time again. 
The next thing is to recognize and celebrate progress. Notice I said progress, meaning not everybody's going to be a superstar. Not everybody's going to hit a home run every time they get up to the plate. But we can always recognize and celebrate progress. With deadlines to meet, numbers to hit, oftentimes as leaders, we, we don't call out employees for their good work. We don't, we're not always providing feedback um, on the good things. Sometimes we get running so fast that the only feedback we're providing is when there's an issue, when there's a problem, when somebody does something dumb, then we run to it, right? We are the uh, leader with the fire extinguisher. If there's fire, we run. Make sure that you have eyes wide open to recognize and celebrate progress. Provide feedback when you see things being done well. One of the easiest ways to create a positive culture is by telling employees how their contributions help the organization achieve its goals. There was a recent study by the Harvard Business Review that found that 40% of employees say they'd put more energy into their work if they were recognized more often. Wow. Can you imagine this? If you, if you had 40% increase in engagement, increase in energy, increase in productivity, well, here's the answer. 40% of employees say that they would put more energy into their work if they were recognized more often. Well, Jeff, you don't know my team. I mean, I got a bunch of stoic employees. They're not about recognition. You know, they, they're just here to get the job done. Listen, I've, I've been in that culture. I, I 100% understand it. You know, the tough guys club. You know, usually this is the, the blue-collar, male-dominated industry. Yes, I'm being biased. I'm just calling it out. This is what I see. And I go into these organizations all the time. I worked in one for several years. Here's what I've come to find. Whether it's that organization or not, at the heart of every human being is this spirit that says, I want to know that I'm doing a good job. I don't care what their exterior looks like. I don't care what the verbiage is that comes out of their mouth. They are a human being. And as a leader, we can get to the heart of this. As this employee starts to show improvement and starts to re-engage after all of these open dialogues and questions and expectations and you're providing resources and all of this, and now they're starting to show a level of improvement, they're starting to re-engage, acknowledge their efforts, celebrate their progress, be their biggest cheerleader, recognize their achievements publicly or privately, reinforce positive behaviors because this is going to boost their self-esteem. You know, I remember this. Um, when, I, when I was a, a young, I don't know, fifth grade, sixth grade baseball player, I loved the game of baseball. And uh, I remember, I, was, I would say I was average. I was average. I, was, I never made the all-star team, uh, but I was always in the starting lineup. One of those kids, right? But I loved the game. I loved being a part of the team. And I was consistent. I, I would get on base for you. I'm never going to knock the ball over the fence, but I'm going to I'm going to get on base for you. And our team was always a contender for the championship. Uh, you know, Claysville, Pennsylvania. Shout out to anybody listening from back in the day, the OGs. Uh, but here's the deal: one day it all ended for me 
because I got hit by a pitch. This is when it started getting into the big boy leagues, when the ball was coming quite a bit faster. And I was always a, I, I was, I remember the start of this year, I was already a little bit apprehensive from going from, you know, one league to the next, you know, this big bump up, right? Pitches are coming in faster, all of this. So, I was already battling this mentally, but never said anything to any of the coaches or my teammates or anything. And then sure enough, in a game, it happened. Bam. I got rocked with a pitch. I mean, this this pitcher was uh, playing some uh, chin music, if you will. And I got cracked. And then my whole game changed. I would start backing out of the batter's box during the windup. Like, forget about the pitches coming. I mean... If you've ever played baseball, do you remember that big transition to when curveballs was actually a thing that you had to navigate as a as a hitter? It's like, what the heck is this? What is this ball doing, right? And here I am thinking every ball is going to hit me. And, I mean, this went on for weeks. And I had a coach that really, I mean, it would have been easy to say, Jeff, you suck. What are you doing? You know, uh, you, you know what's happening to you? Your head's in the gutter. You know, all of this stuff. But this coach, I, I'll never forget it, Rick Seibert, he really, really helped me overcome this fear. And I remember him celebrating the smallest things. As a matter of fact, what I remember vividly is striking out and being excited about it. Because when we got to the dugout, Rick said to me, he said, Jeff, that was the best at bat you've had in weeks. And I look at him like he's crazy. I just struck out. But the reality was this. He followed it up and he said, you didn't come out of the box. You didn't pivot out. You didn't shy away from the pitcher. You were leaning in. You were stepping towards the pitcher on every single pitch. Jeff, it's only going to be a matter of time before you're back on base. Man, what a great leader. What a great coach. Are we doing this as leaders or are we just celebrating the home run ball? As this employee starts to show improvement and re-engage, acknowledge their effort. The next thing is, is to tap into their strengths. This is huge. And we at our company spend a lot of time helping organizations do this. Employees want to do their best work. But there was a recent, recent Gallup poll. I follow Gallup if you didn't notice because I love to hear about these trends. This poll told us that just 40% of employees feel that they're in a position to make something happen, that they're in a position to do their best work. It's important that you communicate and work closely with employees to recognize their strengths. If someone would be better suited in another role, Offer opportunities for lateral moves. Maybe you put somebody into sales and they have no business being in sales. They should be in operations. Maybe somebody's in operations and they're getting stagnant and disengaged and they need to be in sales. Maybe they're a creative and you got them back in the bunker in the lab and really they should probably be a part of the marketing team. I don't know what that looks like, but you got to get to the root of this. When you get to the root of an employee's strength, Something magical begins to happen. They begin to come alive. And here's the thing. A lot of employees, they don't even really know what it is. So as leaders, we have to be very observant to what kind of gets their juices flowing. When do they really engage into something? Maybe it's a project that everybody's working on and you see a certain thing that just lights them on fire. What is that? 
We should always have some radar up, radar up to find out, do I have my people working on the right things that not only get them excited, but it's their sweet spot. It's what they're really good at. If this is something that you have never navigated before, I will tell you, this is one of the biggest productivity hacks that is out there from a leadership perspective and, a, and building a great team. One of the things that we do to help organizations uncover this and make sure they have the right people in the right places is our Strengths Finders program. If you want more information on this, I highly recommend you email us and at least explore it. Uh, you, can, you can hit us up, info at jeffhancher.com. But here's the reality of what we do with this. We come in, it's very customized. And one of our certified coaches, what they do is they provide the top five Clifton Strengths assessment to everybody on your team. And then they do a manager's assessment for you. And our, our certified coach, what they do is they meet with each team member to debrief their insight guide. And, and this identifies their key strengths and their areas of growth. And then the coach also meets with you, the leader, and goes, goes over your manager's report and shares this high-level outcomes from these team conversations. We start to connect these dots to find out, like, hey, in the future, Sally, Joe, this is their thing. That's their thing. Have you ever thought about this? And it's very, very customizable. This is, this is like how we go about learning to coach people and to know yourself better and to make sure that your team knows themselves better and what gets them going. This is a great way to form stronger teams. This is a great way to help your people excel in their career and increase performance. And you will further your own development by learning multiple things through this process, understanding their talents, using them to reach goals, overcome obstacles, overcome weaknesses, vulnerabilities, how to get work done better and more efficiently, build relationships that are lasting. And then these people get to use their talents to resolve conflict, improve cooperation, and get the best performance out of your team. This is making sure that all the players are in the right places, right? When organizations focus on employee strengths, we see retention go up, we see engagement go up. If this is something you're interested in, hit us in that email, info at jeffhancher.com, and one of our certified coaches will reach out to you to give you a free rundown of what that looks like. But I will tell you, uh, when we run back the tape, this has been absolute gold in this employee engagement efforts. Remember, not all disengagement can be resolved. And in some cases, other measures may need to be considered, role reassignment, career discussions, whatever it might look like. However, by taking a very pro proactive approach to this and, being, and taking these steps we talked about today to manage the disengaged employee, you can create an opportunity for growth and lasting change. This benefits you, this benefits the employee, and this benefits the overall health of the organization. As you all know, Great talent is very hard to come by these days, and it is far better to re-engage the team that you have than to try to recruit and develop new people. I hope today's show helped you identify some valuable strategies for managing these disengaged employees that will inevitably pop up on your team. Until next week, keep leading with empathy, inspire your team to greatness, and keep turning the pressure 
into potential. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.